Harvest Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. I want to talk today briefly. I was at a... um, I was at a, a, I don't know, a gathering this week of pastors, predominantly next-gen pastors, um, a lot of them from, from ACC movement and Uniting Church and independent churches. And um, it was really interesting being in that room um, because let me, let me just encourage you, there's a lot of fantastic leaders in this city. There's a lot of fantastic leaders. Uh, there's a lot of great young men and women that God's raising up to lead churches. And, and I was just a little surprised or just reminded or encouraged, I could say, uh, looking around the room thinking, wow, the church is in a good position. The church in Adelaide's in a good position. I mean, there's guys from all over and uh, some very different DNAs to one another, but there was absolute, there was no peacocking. There was no, there was no, you know, weirdness. It wasn't strange. Uh, there, was, there was just a real vibrant hunger for God to grow his kingdom in our regions. And, um, you know, I like seeing that kind of thing. And I'm sure you do, but I think you're saving your voices for a, an event this afternoon or something. <laughs> Some have expelled theirs already. <laughs> All right, so let's stay on track. We've got a big clock beeping at me, so we'll just we'll keep things right on track this morning. Anyway, why do I share that? Because I heard a statistic at, at that meeting, and the statistic was that... Um, there's about 90%, 92, 93% of people in Australia don't go to a church. Don't go to a church. And you think about that, that's a lot of people. And that's changed dramatically in the last decade, 20 years, 30 years. It used to be quite a different statistic. So the decline in church attendance is well proven. You can go onto the ABS website or McCrindle and stuff like that. You can see church statistics. You'll find out this stuff. Um, what it doesn't, and, and it shows that Pentecostal charismatic churches are growing. Uh, mainstream conservative denominations, traditional denominations are shrinking. That's not a bias, that's a fact. And so when we look at that, we can see that there's, there's something that people are looking out, something that people that are desiring in Australia. And 92, 93% do not go to church regularly. Do not go to church. That's a lot of people. And, um, and so I'm hearing this statistic. And then really what hit me was the next statistic. And that was that 60 to 70% of that 7 or 8% that are, that are attending church don't know what their calling is or really what they're doing with their lives for Jesus. So more than half of the people in church, which is only 7% of Australia, a small fraction you might say, only half of those people or, uh, yeah, let's say half, let's, let's use it really rough, actually know, what am I doing in the kingdom? What should I do with this gifting? What should I do with my calling? Where am I going? How is this thing working out for me? It seems like there's a lot of indecision. And so that, that sort of just got me thinking. And I did a little bit of praying and reading and 
And uh, what really hit me this week was a passage in Joel chapter 3. So I think we've got it up on the screen. Joel chapter 3. Many of you have read this before, Joel chapter 3, and you've heard this verse um, read or maybe you've read it yourself. And um, we've got it up here. Joel chapter 3 verse 14 says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Many of us have read that. I remember praying that even into intercessory prayer, uh, praying it, saying, Lord, yeah, there's so many people out there. There's the 93% out there who are unsaved, unchurched, uh, not worshipping each week, not, not following you. There's a whole multitude out there. But what hit me this week was the second statistic, that there's many who are in there that don't yet know their calling in Christ Jesus. They don't yet know what, what am I to do in the kingdom. It's a big question mark. Some people get saved and they might spend years and years and years in the church trying to be like the church, trying to find a, an avenue when all along they were meant to be great leaders in the community. Great leaders in whatever realm of life. P.S. If you register for my wellness seminar on Saturday, I, I am going to... I am gonna, give a silver coin to someone randomly on Saturday morning to begin someone's investment journey, right? It's not worth hundreds of dollars, don't worry. But, but I just want to say that, just throw that in there. It's going to be fun, okay? It's going to be fun. Anyway, multitudes, multitudes. Interesting, when Joel prophesied this, he was prophesying it to Judah, to the people of God. They knew, they knew God. Yes, there was some turning away and there was opposition and there was nations turning against them. But if you listen to it, the word of the Lord to his people is multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. I think it's apt for us today in, in Christian society. There's multitudes, multitudes, or NLV New Living says thousands upon thousands in the valley of decision. Christians in the valley of decision of what do I do? I don't know what to do. What do I do? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I do this? And so many are stuck in this, this uh, treadmill, if you like, um, of trying to work out what to do. Now, if you're like me, I run on a treadmill numerous times per week. It is so boring and it takes so much mind uh, strength to stay on that treadmill. To just stay on a treadmill, you, you think, well, if you're walking, it's not too bad, but it's so boring. And it's so, it, your mind just wants to get off, it wants to go do something else. Staying on the treadmill is a hard place to stay. And it's like that in Christianity. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. What do I do? Am I called to this? Am I called to that? Am I, am I this? Am I that? Everyone else is this and I feel out of place. And so finding our calling is a key ingredient to releasing the kingdom in and through us, through you, through me. And so I think discovering that is a big key. Salvation is the beginning of that journey, but then we've got to do something with this salvation. We've got to do something with our lives. We've got to uh, see what God wants, and some people end up imploding or exploding because they just don't find their calling. And so today I want to encourage you about your calling. The first thing to say is you are called. If you're here this morning, if you've heard his voice, if you're following Jesus, or even if you're not, you're just interested, well, he's called you. He's called you. His heart is that all would come to know him and find eternal salvation. Every single person, that's the heart of God. 
And so once we know that, we then go, okay, well, you know, if there's so many percent of, if there's 60, 70 percent of Christians that once they're saved, they may have sat in church for five years or 10 years or longer and still not knowing what's their gifting, then this is perhaps the next step for us. Sure, there's healing and there's refreshing and there's training and there's all this sort of stuff. But some people can do that for years and years and years and still not know. I, I want to say something that I think is a huge help in this area is in the area of family anointing. When we, when we recognize the anointing on kingdom family, it releases a whole lot of stuff because it, it, we realize that we're actually part of something bigger than ourselves. It's so easy to get isolated and, and, and even get depressed and start thinking, oh, this isn't happening for me, this isn't happening. If we just get around some people, we'd realize that A, they go through similar stuff. B, they might have something that we don't have that we need. And so we get around them and we begin to hear stories and we share some life experiences together and we encourage one another in the Lord and we get uplifted by one another. All of a sudden, that family anointing flows over onto us. We're not alone anymore. And there's, there's blessing in the kingdom family. And so there's encouragement, there's life, and, and we see this, this is just a necessary part of life. If people separate themselves off and, 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 and form an independence in and of themselves, then it becomes unhealthy. And often there's a splitting off and there's, there's no reliance, there's no freshness because we are fresh when we are together. Even though we're not perfect and we may annoy each other, that's okay. That happens in families as well. But we dust off our shoes, we get over that, and we realize that God's kingdom family is ordained by him for a purpose. And we have authority together that we don't have alone. We have great authority when we're together that we don't have when we're alone. And so having a kingdom family that we identify with, that we sow into, we give, we serve, we love, and we are recipient of all of that as well, then we participate in that anointing. And there is an anointing of family. I wouldn't have said that five years ago. What on earth are you talking about? We've experienced that particularly in Germany, an anointing of love and unity and blessing and honor that flows in the kingdom family that is very, very empowering, not disempowering, empowering. And it's not, it's not, a, it's not a codependency. It's not an inter, it's not an independency. It's a interdependency. So we depend on one another, not to live and breathe, but there's a, there's a reliance on one another and an honoring of one another that uplifts, not brings down. And so this, this is a powerful key to finding our calling, because if you hang around people long enough, you'll soon enough find out what you're good at and what you're not good at. And you, you, you have a, a moment of self-awareness or maybe a season of self-awareness where you realize your own weaknesses. And when we, the first step in greatness is realizing our own weaknesses. When we realize our own weaknesses, people feel comfortable around us. They feel comfortable around us because it's, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he realizes, you know, he, he goes off on tangents when he's preaching. Or whatever, whatever it might be. We all have these little things that where we need the anointing of another. We need the love and the uplifting of someone else because they're gifted in that arena. I'm not gifted in that arena. I need all of you guys to, to uplift me in areas where I'm not good. And so it's one of those things that the family anointing 
is a great releaser of our own callings. And when we sow into that, we receive from that. A, a great, a, a lot of people do come to me and, and, you know, even in business areas, I'll sit and talk with people and, um, and they'll sort of be working through stuff of, you know, and, and most people have a rough concept, maybe a very rough, if they're very honest with themselves, a rough concept of what the vision looks like, of what they really want to do. If they're honest and maybe no one else is in the room and it's a completely silent room, but if they were just to get really honest with themselves, most people would say, in a decade or 15 years or whatever it might be, I'd like to be doing this. Let's call that the forest. The forest, most people can see the forest, but they forget the trees. And so actually to get a forest, you need to do it one by one trees. I've experienced this recently, planting my own forest. And it takes quite a lot of energy, especially in clay. And it takes quite a lot of thinking of where am I going to put all these trees? And we went up yesterday and perhaps I put some in the wrong position. But I've planted lots of trees lately. I've planted lots of trees lately. And a forest, most of us would say, hey, I want, I want that vision. That's the forest. But some can't see the trees for the forest or vice versa. In other words, we need to take things at a small level, a micro level, to get to the macro level. So to be able to release the great vision, we need to break it down to something tangible. This almost sounds like a wellness, a wealth seminar or something today, doesn't it? But believe me, we've had the wellness seminar already this morning, Karen sharing on some of that stuff. But break it down. Break your life down. Break your gifts down. Break some of your influential areas down. Break it all down so it's on a micro level so you can handle it. Because often we can't handle the forest, but we can handle the trees. And so when we actually break it down and we say, okay, I, I've got some decisions to make. I'm in the valley of decisions. I don't quite know what steps to take. But here's a question I'll pose to you that's probably the most important question. What is right in front of you right now? What is right in front of you right now? Not next week, not next month, not next year. Right now this morning, if you had to write down, what could I turn my hand to for the kingdom, for the king, for Jesus, in him, through him, for him, because of him, what would that be? And whatever that might be, there's one tree. There's one tree. And then in a month's time, you begin to, because you're sowing, and there's something about momentum that is catchy. You know, when you start building some momentum and, you know, sometimes we wait sovereignly for the, the hand of the Lord to push us out our door and take us, fly us, transport us to Iris, Mozambique and say, you will now, Roland will come up to you and he will pick you out of the crowd and he will tell you what you're going to do for the next 10 years. Forget it. He never does that for starters. The next thing is that is such a rare occurrence it, don't measure your calling waiting for someone to pick you out of a crowd. It may never happen. It may never happen. What are you going to do then? So what's in front of you right now? Again, 
Some people are looking at the forest saying, I want a forest. I want a forest. I'd love a forest. I'd love a massive forest like Kaipo Forest with thousands of trees and, you know, incredible things happening and all that life. But what about the tree? What about that one in front? What about planting it today for the calling tomorrow? And so as we begin to gather hold of these things and break it down to a micro level, we get really specific. And then maybe we can hear the Lord's voice a bit clearer. Why? Because it's so damn practical. Often we make it so spiritual that we, we've got to wait for something to happen for the Lord. But I've found more often than not, he's ridiculously practical for me. It might just be my thick head that hears it that way. But I think more often than not, he wants to be micro with us. He wants to be practical. He wants to meet you where you're at today, not dangle the carrot for in five years' time. He wants to give you food for today to say, hey, listen, why don't you make some decisions today? Don't be in the, the valley any longer. Multitudes, multitudes. I mean, you think about it. They call it the silent majority. The silent majority about the whole same-sex marriage thing. But there's an even bigger issue, the silent majority of the kingdom. You think, I think there's something like three and a half million, or maybe more than that. But I've, yeah, I'm getting my stats mixed up. But there's millions and millions and millions of believers who either go to church or don't go to church, right? We've already found that statistic. In Australia, Christianity is still the predominant religion. Would you believe that? You wouldn't know it if you listened to the media. By... Like 40%, 50%. It's a massive, massive, massive amount. And I think the next one is Buddhism. You wouldn't know that either if you listen to the media. So Christianity is the overwhelming heartbeat of this nation. You think if we could just capture that, plant a few little trees or, or, or every single one of us just in front of us, begin to, begin to take up our own sickle. Joel goes on and he says, you know, uh, beat your plowshares into swords. He begins to rise the army call of the people of God. And that's why he's calling to the people of God. He's saying, don't be indecision. Don't be indecisive any longer. Make some decisions. Get things in order. Beat your plowshares into swords. Get your sickle ready for the harvest is right. But remember, the workers are few. The workers is us in this room today. And, and if we can begin to not necessarily just have the great vision, but actually have the micro vision of what does this week hold? What does this week hold? What does it look like to begin the forest this very week? In a very detailed, maybe for some it's, okay, I'm going to set on my calendar on my phone that I'm going to begin praying for Latia every Tuesday or something like that. There's a tree. Maybe you come to prayer meeting. Maybe you do something, you know, do something for your neighbor, or like in the love mission thing that just, just bless so many people, by the way. Um, but there's so many little trees that you can plant this week. I want to encourage you and even stir you, maybe even challenge you to have a think. You might want to even write down after today some trees that you can begin planting. Even if it's not the forest, you're beginning the forest. Because when you plant one tree, the forest has begun. And that's the good thing in the kingdom. The moment we begin to step out, we're in the kingdom. The moment we begin to exercise what we've been given, we begin the process of momentum, sowing and reaping. That cycle begins. The moment we step out, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. And it's a powerful, powerful um, uh, shift that takes place. And sometimes it just has to happen at a cellular level in our brain just at a tiny little level in our brain, when we go, wow, 
I have a lot of trees I can plant this very week. I can begin the forest. Maybe it's study. Maybe it's learning. Maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's whatever it might be. Begin planting the forest with one tree. Don't try and wait for the forest to take you down. And so once we actually begin this journey, I think we, we begin to discover our calling. We begin to discover our calling. As we start walking, we start journeying, we begin to discover something. And I want to, and Jesus did this. He called the disciples out. They became his disciples and they began to call others. They befriended others. The kingdom of God, as I think Ryan or Karen said, the kingdom of God is so powerful when it comes through relationships. Not events, relationships. Relationships, kingdom, family, anointing is so powerful. It releases destinies. It releases orphans from orphanages. And it raises up sons and daughters. And it creates an atmosphere of freedom and faith whereby you cannot get it in any other way. And I want to remind you something that, that maybe you've forgotten about. But even some people who may be in, in, the, in the valley, you know, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, maybe some of you here this morning are in that zone. It can be really quite frustrating when you're in that zone. I want to encourage you. I felt the Lord say to me, but also to encourage all of us with, your calling began years ago. You're waiting for it, but it began years ago. And often it begins with the trials and the testing because boot camp's tougher than the real thing. I was talking to a military guy this week and he was saying that at, um, at training school when you first go, I don't know, Duntroon or wherever you go for the army, um, you know, that first season is where they break you. But then after that, it's not like that all the time. You know, it's not like Jack Nicholson's yelling down at you, the general, you know, like in the movies, you know, constantly. Just give me a wave if you're here this morning. It's not like that all the time. But often in the early stages, there's a breaking. There's a yielding. There's a trusting. There's a reliance on him that just brings something that you wouldn't have had otherwise. It draws you into him. So if you're feeling broken, you're in a good place. Your calling's already begun. Don't wait for it any longer. It's already begun. You're in training. Begin planting some trees. Even in training, begin planting some trees. Tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever. Begin planting some. They can be the most micro things that anyone else would think is nothing. But to you, it's planting a tree. Because to you individually, you're beginning the momentum of your calling. You're beginning your destiny. You're beginning to bring out in faith one of those little things that can start with one little prayer this afternoon. Lord, rah, rah, rah. Whatever it is for you, that's a tree. That's a tree for you. Sorry, I don't know if that means something else in millennial language. You've got to be so on point on this stuff these days because you can go anywhere that you don't want to go with language. Matthew 3 verse 2 says this, Jesus talking to disciples and people listening on, he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is in your hand. It's in your hand. Another version says, very near. 
So the kingdom of heaven is very close to us. Now, Jesus was saying that because he was very close to them. But then he left us with his presence, his spirit, to remain as evidence and demonstration and a manifestation of God with us who is here this morning. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is at your hand today. Maybe you never thought of it like that. But the kingdom of heaven is in your hands. So you begin using it. You begin planting trees in the kingdom. Begin, I mean, since we've been to Germany, I see, I see analogies in trees all the time because they gave us an analogy. And every time I see a tree, it's like, yep, there's an analogy. But the kingdom of heaven is like that. You begin planting Fruit is born in the right season, not in the wrong season. And the roots go deeper and deeper and deeper. And the forest grows from one tree. Let's stand this morning and I want to just pray over everyone. And Thanks, guys. Hey, lift your hands if you just want to participate in this and begin. Even in a greater way, so many of you are already stepping out. You're already doing great stuff for Jesus. Today, we just want to take that up a notch and ask him to anoint a fresh, fresh faith to, to see new things, great, greater fruitfulness, greater ideas, concepts, understanding, influence. Lord, we just pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would come and you would rest on this place. Lord, we thank you that you're with us. We thank you for the incredible bunch of people that you have gathered here this morning. And we pray for a fresh anointing of your kingdom family over this house, over everyone represented, over every relationship, every marriage, every decision. Lord, we pray for your kingdom family blessing upon us today. And Lord, I thank you for each one of us. I pray today that whatever you've been wanting to say to us, Lord, that there would be increase, supernatural increase today, supernatural increase to plant in a fresh new way, to begin to invest in a fresh new way in the kingdom for fruitfulness, for fruitfulness. Lord, I pray for fresh ideas, for fresh clarity, fresh understanding, fresh motivation, fresh drive, fresh willingness to, to step into what you're asking us to do. And Lord, we pray that you would show us what is right in front of us, what is available to us, what doors are open, what's, what am I willing to do? And Lord, we pray today for your blessing upon each one of us. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us, you would speak through us, that you would begin to do great things, great things with a release of faith. So, Lord, we receive everything you have for us today. Lord, we receive your faith and your life. Holy Spirit, we ask for your presence to go with us, to rest upon us. Lord, we pray that it would be clearly identifiable from anyone else around us that your presence rests upon us. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in and through us. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just wait a minute. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and just wait on him for a minute. And Lord, we just, we just receive what you have for us this morning. I, I believe there's some, for some, 
There's just been a fresh revelation of faith to believe, to understand this, the simplicity of stepping in, the simplicity of taking those resources that he's given you and begin planting them, begin planting them. So, Lord, we pray for great clarity. We pray for great clarity. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Purposefulness. Purposefulness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord.